just be transparent with the staff. They know that as a company, you have their best interest in mind. At the end of the day, it's not a, a dollars and cents drives everything. That's not true because that's too short-term thinking. If I'm long-term greedy on things, I may have to get through a valley to get to a peak. And if I'm not willing to go through the valley, eh, I may not get to the peak. Technology is transforming how we think, how we lead, and how we win. From InterVision, this is Status Go, the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Before we get into our episode today, I have a favor to ask of you. If you enjoy the Status Go podcast, whether you are a frequent listener or this is your first time joining us, tell a friend. Send them a link or post on social media. Let others know about us. We appreciate it. We as leaders talk a lot about culture. We want to create a culture that engages our teams, that shines through to our customers and clients, and enables us to achieve our goals and our vision. But how do we do it? How do we create that kind of culture? In this installment of Status Go, we're going to explore just that, the how behind the dream. This is your host, Jeff Tun. Today's guest is Joel Russell. Joel is the founder and CEO of eImagine, a full-service IT consulting firm headquartered in Indianapolis, Indiana, but with a national reach. Joel, welcome to Status Go. Thank you, Jeff. I am super excited to be here. I really appreciate you inviting me on. Hey, before we dive into culture and explore the culture there at eImagine, I'd love for you to share a little bit about your background, kind of the days before eImagine. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. It's a great question. Before eImagine, I have to roll back the tape kind of far here. <laughs> um, so I, uh, I left Stanford University in 1994 and took a job out in investment banking in New York City. Um, had I read the newspaper, I would have realized that Kidder Peabody, the firm I was joining, wasn't really doing very well at the time. But of course, I didn't <laughs> read the paper back then um, and really didn't know anything about investment banking. It was just um, a job that I don't know if I lucked into, networked my way into, but, but worked my way into. But I did investment banking in New York. And the thing I really loved about Kidder Peabody is they really stressed their training program and their investment in people. You know, they would joke, Joe Lash, our managing director at the time, best and brightest, we'll bring them in and we'll train them to be investment bankers. You don't have to know accounting and banking, we'll, we'll teach it to you. Um, and, you know, that's probably how I got the job because I didn't know accounting or banking. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I did that. And then I went to work for a company in Chicago. It's now in rule, but the guys that founded it used to own a company called Calypso. And um, I think I was employee number four or five back in the day. Um, there was an entrepreneur there that I really learned from named Lauren Goodman, uh, probably the best technologist that I've ever had the pleasure of working with. Um, Lauren is, is really the, the brains behind InRule right now, in my opinion. And um, the thing I learned from Lauren is really just about entrepreneurship. The guy did everything. If you were struggling, he'd come over, he'd spit out code in 30 minutes, and it'd take me a week to figure out what he did. I mean, he, he was just amazing. Yeah. And then from there, I moved to Indy. Uh, my now wife, then girlfriend was kind of like, hey, are you coming to Indy? She was in dental school here in Indiana. And so I moved down here and took a job with a, with a local consulting company. And really, the, the thing I, I gleaned from that was the importance of learning sales. You know, I'd always been yeah. on the delivery side. 
And I remember talking to the owner about, hey, if I move, can I open up an office for the company in a different city that I moved to? And he said, not if you haven't done sales. And at the time I was like, wait, what? But after in, in 25, 26, 27 years later, I think that was good advice from him. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, really, you know, having left college, I had a couple of different jobs. And then, you know, you imagine, I think I started when I was, see, I started it in 97. I was turning 20. I was 25 at the time. So I'm 50 now. So I, there's my 25 years. And so yeah, I had yeah. a couple of jobs, a couple of things along the way, and then started my own thing and really, um, thankfully, have not looked back since. That, that is outstanding. And I know that you're celebrating an anniversary this summer. E Imagine yep. turns 25. So yep. congrats on 25 years. That is amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's really surreal to think back to, wow, I've been doing this for 25 years. Um, we've had some of our employees that have been with us. I think Scott's 22nd anniversary is coming up in the next couple of weeks. Um, wow. So it's hard to believe, but I mean, I, I was half my age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that is pretty wild when you think about it. Well, take us back. What led you to create Imagine, and and was the focus on culture from day one, or did that come later? Yeah, no, that, that's that's a, you know, it's something to think about, Jeff. I'm glad you asked. I mean, when I when I think about me and growing up, you know, both of my parents were college chemistry professors. I can't tell you how many chem lectures I had to sit through, how many chem <laughs> labs I had to sit in, and it was crazy. Uh, but I was always around a, a college environment, a learning environment, where they were challenging their their students to to learn and get better. And chemistry in it itself is a challenging subject, let alone oh, taking yeah. it from either one of my two parents. Um, so I think I had that in my DNA, this ability to you know this learning environment. And then if you couple that, you know, a long time ago. I used to be a good soccer player. And I say a long time ago, that was a long time ago. But, you know, I, I had a, I had a pleasure of, of playing for some great coaches. You know, I played at IU for two years for coach uh, Jerry Yeagley. Then I transferred and played at Stanford my last two years there. I, I played in a World Cup. So I, I just got blessed with being around good coaches and good teams. And so when I thought to myself, hey, I'm 24, getting ready to turn 25. I, I want to start my own company what do I want to focus on? Well, to me, it was easy. I wanted to focus on something where you challenged people to get better and to learn. Yeah. And then I thought, well, I like teams. So how do I create a company where I build teams of really good people? Kind of whatever we do, I don't know if it really mattered. It was, how do I build a company where I'm a collector of good people? I challenge them to get better. I create an environment for them to learn. And, and so at the time, consulting was... I don't know if it was a fad, but at the time, consulting was kind of the thing. I remember the Dilbert commercial or uh, the T-shirt I had something about, you know, uh, I'm not unemployed. I'm a consultant, right? I mean, there was <laughs> consulting. Right? And so um, I, I wanted to start a company that, that focused on people, that focused on growing people. And then that blurped into, grew into our culture. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't necessarily say the primary focus was culture. I think the primary focus was creating an environment where I attract and retain really smart people that want to learn and get better. Yeah. Well, as we, as we start this conversation into culture, I wish I could share with our listeners uh, a picture of you the last time that we saw each other face-to-face. -face. Yep. Uh, we were both attending the Mirror Awards, a yep. black tie gala that celebrates the best in tech, and Joel was decked out in a tux. 
wearing tennis shoes. Yeah, yeah. To well, me, that they, says they fun. Leather tennis shoes, but they, you know, they were nice. They were nice. <laughs> they were nice shoes. They were nice yeah. tennis shoes. But but to me, that says fun and not taking things so seriously, right? Uh, yeah, I and, mean, yeah. You, you yeah. got to enjoy life, right? I mean, life life's about, you know, I mean, you get one of them, right? Let's have fun with it. And I, I just thought to myself, one, I've got really bad knees. So walking around in, in work shoes all day, I'm like, ah, I'm going to throw these on. And I, yeah. I still thought I looked good. And if someone looked down at my feet and didn't like it, that's kind of their problem. Well, <laughs> hey, you you rocked it. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, as I, as I mentioned at the outset, Imagine has this award-winning culture. You've been uh, listed in best places to work for nine years running. Uh, you were at the Mirror Awards because you were nominated for one of those awards. Uh, and so how would you describe the culture and how did it come to be? Yeah, no. no. Um, so when I think about our culture, you know, you know, we just had, I just got off the phone with part of our engagement of new employees is after, and today was a little bit different. It was their first day. Normally it's about day 30. I've got an engagement meeting with, with new folks that, that hire or that start with the Imagine. But if we roll back a little bit further, when somebody gets hired at the Imagine, they get a video from me, you know, everyone checks their texts. I shoot about a one minute video that I talk about two things or two mindsets. I think you need to have at the Imagine to be really good at your job. The first one is getting outside your comfort zone and learning new things. Again, we're a consulting company, right? You got to put more into your headspace, right? You got to keep putting more in there. And then the second one is having a willingness to fail. And I think part of learning the process is screwing up and failing and then fixing it and making it better the second or third time through. And so I think if those are our two tenets to our culture of a willingness to learn and grow and a willingness to fail and say, you know what? If I make a mistake, that, that's life, right? What do yeah, I learn from right. it and how do I improve upon that? So if we, those are our two tent poles. And then we're trying to say, okay, how do we how do we handle the ups and downs, the peaks and the valleys and whatnot? But, but those are two great spots to start as far as our yeah. culture. And so when I think about our culture and I think about what we're trying to grow, it really starts with those two things. Um, and 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 I'll, I guess I'll, I guess I'll just leave it at that. I mean, th- those are the two places. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. and and if I remember right from our conversation a couple of weeks ago, the the video that you text to the employees yep. is is a custom video for that that employee. It's not some canned video that you just share, right? Yeah, no, it, it, it's, and I've shot them in airports. I've shot them on my back porch. I shot them at, I, I'm also the cathedral boy soccer coach, so go Irish. But I, um, <laughs> I've shot them out at practice because um, they sneak up on you, right? Oh, Jeff's yeah, starting yeah. today. Well, I yeah. didn't shoot his video yet. And so, no, it's it's a custom video. And I say custom, it's a personalized message. Yeah, yeah. So if, 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 I, if you were starting with E-Imagine today, I would say, Jeff, I want to welcome you to E-Imagine. It's the first thing I say is I welcome the employee to imagine. I use their name intentionally yes. and I, you know, I end it a certain way. Um, and, and then there's content, you know, based on who they are and the role and whatnot um, that I have. But, but it's a, it, it's a unique video to them. It comes to their cell phone from my cell phone. Here's my number. Welcome to e-imagine. Um, if you can embrace again, these two temples of willingness to grow and learn and willingness to fail. We've got a great team around you. You're going to do great things with us if those are your two guiding, you know, North star, so to speak. And so um, I think it's a great first thing. I don't know how it started a couple of years ago. It started. Mm-hmm. And, and now, you know, I get them in waves. I mean, I shot four of them today <laughs> and uh, I'm trying to get them out before people start. I've been on vacation. And so it's, it's been a little yeah. hectic, but um, those are kind of the neat things that give me energy inside the business. Those are the things I like to do. Um, 
and so yeah, it's, it's something that we've we've done the last few years, and I think um, all of our employees, but one, have always responded. We had one employee, and I won't say who it is, but she did not <laughs> respond. Um, so then I thought, well, crap, did I send it to the wrong person? Yeah, you know, yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. I had, had to follow up, you know, in a, in a nice way of, hey, did you get that text I sent you? You know, kind of deal. Um, but it's uh, it's something that we've done, and I, I don't know if it's unique, but it's unique to us. Yeah, so I, I think it's a I think it's a great idea, and I, I'm thinking maybe that maybe that uh, young lady that received that text was thinking like, who's Joel Russell? I, I'd be <laughs> honest, I don't know how many texts the person gets. Yeah, I, I don't. Know. Yeah, exactly. And then Joel, who? Right? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, also part of your culture is you, you really strive for high employee engagement. Uh, what are some of the things that you all do together to build that engagement? I, I know you're involved in civic projects. Talk to us a little bit about those types of, of things that you get involved with. Yeah, I mean, so my oldest son is diabetic. He was diagnosed on June uh, 7th, excuse me, June 15th, 2000. And what would that be? 2005? Um and I always joke because every diabetic parent knows the exact date their child was diagnosed with diabetes. Alex's is June 15th. And so I've got to be a little careful because that, that really hit home for me. And, I, and I'll be honest, Jeff, it was, I struggled for a number of years with, with Alex's yeah. diagnosis. Um, a good friend of mine's a, he just retired last week. So enjoy retirement, Father Bob. Um, and I have spent a lot of time unpacking that and helping me work through that. So I have to be careful that we don't just get involved in what's near and dear to my heart. But yeah. the, the thing that it really taught me, if I think outside of Alex and outside of our, the impact it has on our family and, and how we change things is everyone else has their own thing, right? Yours mm-hmm. might be breast cancer. Your son might be autistic. Your daughter may have this, your wife, may be your mom. And so what hit home to me is, you know, we have a concept that he imagined called an IC3. And IC3 is an acronym um, for individual, then company, then client, and then community. And really our focus is we start in that inner circle of that individual. If I'm creating a better version of Jeff inside of that circle, then you expand the core, you expand the inside, which then bubbles out to the company, which all of a sudden now E-Imagine is now bigger and better. And then that impacts our customers. We're creating greater value. We can impact more customers. And then that final piece that I think too often gets missed is what's that impact on the community? We all yeah. have to leave the world a little bit better than we found it, or at least I think we all should, should. leave the world yeah. a little bit better than we found it. And so for us, what are we doing to impact that community and, and making it a little bit better outside of what we call home at work? And now, the wrinkle there is with, with COVID and our ability to hire across the country now, our communities have gotten bigger. Yes. And so how are we still making a positive impact in more places we're less concentrated than we were, uh, but I but I still believe um, at the end of the day, I can remember I, I would literally go into business meetings, even sales calls. When Alex was first diagnosed, um, the place that I took him to would not give him any shots. And so I had to go two to four times a day based on his blood sugar. And, and I would always say, if my phone rings and it's this number, I will pick up. Mm-hmm. And um, no one ever said, oh, Joel, this, you know, that's not important. But it, it just, you remember that those things come before work. Like that's, yeah. Yeah. that's what moves the needle in people's lives, right? You know, is your family happy, your wife, your spouse, your parents? And so um, to me, it, it's just a reminder. And I actually keep a picture of Alex on my desk of, of his diagnosis of it's not just about work. Yeah. It's what are yeah. we doing to make that picture not be there anymore? 
right? Yeah, it's about keeping things in the right perspective and the right priority. Now, Joel, I want to pause right there. We're going to yeah. pause for a word from Intervision. Uh, Intervision, as you know, is the sponsor of the Status Go podcast. Unlock the power of more with Intervision Systems. We provide the cutting-edge technology and expert guidance you need to take your business to the next level. Don't settle for less. Choose Intervision Systems and discover what's possible. Contact us now to learn more. And if you do want to learn more, visit intervision.com. There's lots of resources there for you to dig into and learn more about the services that Intervision offers. Today, we're talking with Joel Russell. Joel is the founder of eImagine, and we're focusing on culture. We all want that positive culture, that engaging culture. And eImagine has won awards for their culture. And so we're talking about the how behind that. And Joel, what I want to do right now is shift just a little bit. We've been talking about the culture and what it's like. How does that drive value for your customers? How does the yeah, culture that, translate? That, that's a great question that really gets asked quite a bit of to the customer, who cares? At the end of the day, are you driving value for, for me and what your product or service is? Um, and what I, my response to that is, I think that really good people, again, if, if we're a collection of good people at E-Imagine, good people want challenges in life. They want the hard question. They want the hard problem. They don't want to show up at work and have the big red easy button, hit the yeah. button, mail in their eight hours or 10 hours or whatever it is and go home. They want challenges. They want juicy things that they can dive into and create value for customers. And so if we can create an environment where, again, our people have that ability to, I'm learning new things and I have a willingness to fail. And I put a group of those together on a project team, for example, and we mm -hmm. give them a challenge. There's something at the state that needs fixed. It's broken. Here's the impact we could have of how many thousands of Hoosiers if we make this system better. Yeah. That's the challenge. Smart people want challenges. And so you put them together and all of a sudden now they start going after it and they start getting excited and they start making a change and out, they screwed that up and they come back and they fix it and they make it better. I think that's where you start to see the, the merging or the Venn diagram of where culture and where client value intersect. Yeah. And for me, it's putting those people together. It's saying, here's some process. So now that we've done all these things, what process and metrics are we going to measure to then give back to the customer to talk about the value that we've been creating? Because at the end of the day, software projects take a while. And a while may be three months, it may be two years from yeah, start yeah. to finish. And you, if it, let's say in the two-year example, I can't tell a customer, Jeff, trust me, two years from today, you're going to love me. <laughs> but don't worry, if, if you don't, you might get fired. No, I have to show value along the way. way yeah. And so again, with process and metrics, that we can give back to the customer about that. You put those good people with that engaging culture together. You challenge them with that. And then you back away and say, let magic happen. Yeah, I think yeah. that's that intersection. Well, and I, I love how your, your acronym, your IC3 really builds. You know, it starts with the individual, goes to the company. We're just talking now about the value that you drive for your client. And as you do that, you're driving value in the community in, in the broader sense at, at the same time. Yep. Now, 
we, we've painted this big rosy picture of you imagine <laughs> for 25 years. Yep. But my guess is there's, uh, you even mentioned the peaks and valleys sure. uh, that, yeah. that you've been through. So maybe some tough times. What are some of those inflection points and how did you, how were you able to fall back on your culture to get through those? Yeah, I mean, I, I think every business goes through what we call inflection points. You know, as a company that moved from a staffing business, we evolved into a project-based, you know, delivery business. You know, projects are different in how you build a customer. And a lot of times you can't build a customer until there's a project milestone, until you mm -hmm. deliver something, right? The customer's just not going to pay you along the way. They want to see, I'm building a fence. Did you put the foundation in? Okay, I'll, I'll pay you for the foundation, right? Yeah, yeah. And so... The, the challenge there is, well, employees want that paycheck every two weeks, right? And so, you yeah. know. Doggone it. <laughs> Come on, guys. Um, but the, the beauty of that is, you know, so as you grow, you're like, oh, we won this big project. The first thing I'm thinking of is, can we fund that from a cash flow perspective? Great that we won the project. Great that we can drive value to a state agency, a commercial account, a federal account, whatever it might be. Yeah. But at the end of the day, there's constraints that happen on the business. There's things that the business mm -hmm. needs to have for you to be able to grow and to do that. And so, you know, as I look back at that, I mean, I think partnering with the right kind of bank that could help you through those tough times or those points where you win the big project, maybe you add 20 new people, you have your first deliverable three months into the project, you've just covered three months of payroll for 20 people. That's not cheap. Yeah. And yeah. so... Um, you know, having the right partners looking at your business and looking at it very objectively, not just, you know, I, I'm five, nine, I am not a tall person. I could say, well, I'm taller than my kids. Therefore I'm tall. No, like let's, let's look at how you're doing business wise, very objectively, almost yeah. negatively really to say, if this could go wrong, what would we do? Yeah. And how do we plan for those things? And then when they do, when it does go wrong, Hey, we've seen this once now let's see it a second time yeah. and be better at it. And so you know, I think part of the culture part is if we're if we're growing and learning and failing, well, then sometimes the business fails, too. Yeah. And, and the idea there is just be transparent with the staff, with mm -hmm. your employees. Right. Um, I think too often if you hide bad news from people or if you if you withhold information and then later, well, you know, we really didn't do well there and. And therefore, impacted this. I, you're just upfront about stuff and, and really transparent with how well we're doing. We really try and do that with some of our metrics. And mm -hmm. you know, we have a quarterly all hands meeting where we walk through a lot of different things of the health of the business, the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, I think that's where you can rely on your culture. They know that you, as a company, you have their best interest in mind, not yeah. just the company's bottom line. And, and we've made a lot of choices, maybe not a lot, but we've made some significant choices over the years that negatively impacted the company's health to support our employees. Cause at the time it was the right call, yeah. right? It's if this, at the end of the day, it's not a, a dollars and cents drives everything. That's not true because that's too short-term thinking. If I'm long-term greedy on things, I may have to get through a Valley to get to a peak. Yeah. And if I'm not willing to go through the Valley, yeah, I may not get to the peak. Yeah. Well, in, in, Yes, the, you, you talked about how you can fall back on your culture during that time, but that transparency actually is part of your culture. Correct. Right? Yep. I mean, that builds that, right? You get people, uh, you, you become transparent with your team uh, all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but over time, they're willing to, to, to go the extra mile for you because yep. you've been 
you've been uh, straightforward with them. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember going back to a Tim Roberts' sales training class where, you know, him telling me or teaching me, if you ask someone for help, nine times out of 10, people are going to say, Jeff, how can I help you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I talk about being collaborative, being transparent, having a shared vision. We do that with our employees. If we can do that, you know, as we're building our culture and doing our tent poles, but having those collaboration, transparency, and shared vision, they're on board. They know where we're going. They know risks that we're doing. They know all of our risks. Oh, you don't have to go through every little detail, but, but be collaborative with them. Share the news, the good, the bad, the ugly, right? Yep. And then, but here's where we're going. Here's what's going to happen when we get there. This is what it's going to look like, feel like, be like as a company. I think those are the times that as we've had valleys and we had, we've had valleys in the 25 years, like we've had, we've had some dark times, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's where it really showed the importance of having culture when everything's great and the money's flowing in. It's easy to say, Oh, Jeff wants this, that throw Jeff some money. Yeah, let's do it. Right. That's easy. But Mm -hmm. it's when it's not there, how do you divvy that up and how do you get it? How do I ask you to come into work knowing I'm not going to pay you anymore, but I really need a lot more out of, out of you to get here. How, how, how does that work? Yeah, yeah. Well, you end up with this culture that everybody is pitching in for for the team, right? And, and some of that comes from that transparency as we were as we were yep. talking. One of the things I love about doing this podcast, Joel, is themes kind of emerge during some of these conversations. And, and one of them that has risen over the last, uh, I'd say over the last month or so, is EOS the entrepreneurial operating system. Yep. Uh, it's come up several times and I'm a big fan of, of Gino Wickman's work, his book Traction and uh, Rocket Fuel and some of the other ones. So how did you discover EOS and how has that shaped eImagine? Yeah, no, I, I think you're right. And, and EOS, I believe it's been purchased by Firefly Group, which is here yes. locally here in yeah, Indianapolis. Yeah, so that's correct. Yeah, yeah thanks for calling that out. Yep. I think from a local perspective, we're hearing and seeing it more. You know, um, Brian Brenner, who was the owner of First Person Advisors, I think it's now NFP, and then Steve Walker at Walker Information. You know, I Mm -hmm. I was in a group with Brian. I knew Steve um, just from a networking or a relationship. I was introduced to Steve. Both of them were planting uh, seeds in in my head about, hey, there's a thing in Chicago called Strategic Coach. And I think imagine, and you are at the point where maybe you might want to consider coach. And I, I fought it for a little bit and I ended up doing it a little bit after both of them recommended it to me. And then almost the first or second um, quarterly session at coach, everyone's like, Hey, so, all right, raise your hand. If you're on EOS, raise your hand. And, and I was <laughs> and you're like, what's like, that? Yeah, EOS? <laughs> um, you mean DOS? Is that what we're talking about? Uh, that's old. But, um, so, you know, and Gino, I believe, was an early customer or client of Strategic Coach and Dan Sullivan and came out of, of being coached by them, so to speak, and, and then started up, obviously, EOS and wrote Traction and has done very well. And so, you know, I, that's how I was kind of exposed to it is, yeah. you know, um, the other thing I've learned through 25 years is I rarely ever if I had a problem that somebody else hasn't dealt with. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. this is I, I am not the first one to, to land my foot on Mars to say, wow, this is cool. No one else has done this. Well, I guess I'll be the first one in the room. Um, and so find good people that you can network with. And, and mm-hmm. I was blessed to, to work with Brian for a long time and, and know him. 
and then Steve, you know, only a couple of times, actually, I, I spent some time with Steve, but both of them put me indirectly onto EOS. Um, and for us, I think what it's done, and it's one of those where I started to imagine, they talk about it, coach, the, the four freedoms, but to get freedom from things. I, I don't like constraints. I like to, I like to innovate. I, I like my personal freedom. My wife jokes, I'm a I'm a rule breaker, not a rule follower. Like just, you know, just you tell it left, he's going to go right just to spite you. Uh-huh. But but one of the things I've realized is despite having, I think, a good culture and all these things that we've talked about, you have to have process in how you do what you do. And um, I'm not a process person per se, right? That's not, that's not my unique ability. Yeah. And so by implementing EOS, it's given the company and me a process for how to run the business. It's a process to how to set goals. It's a process to say, over the next 90 days, we're gonna have a rock that's mm-hmm. going to transform the business in this way. Yeah. All right, we got 90 days to work it. Did it work? Did it? Did we get the results we wanted? If we did, great. If we didn't, why not? What's the next rock? And so yeah. it gives you a pattern of communication. It gives you a pattern of metrics or suggested metrics to look at, but it's really a way to run your business so it's not all up in my head because that's one of the scariest places for anyone to be, including me. <laughs> but it, it's more of a way to run your business. And then it's easy to share it. There's books out there. There's classes out there. Everyone in our company could pull it up and say, oh, what's a rock? What, what's a metric? What tool yeah. are we going to be on? And, and yeah. it makes, from a communication perspective, the other thing I've really learned is if people don't know where they're going, they're nervous. They get scared right. to not... I'm working for this company. I don't know what our growth plan is. I don't know what we want to be in five years. Like that doesn't right. work in today's world, right? No. Not only do they they want to know where you're going, they also want to say, well, how are we making our community better? How are we? How are you growing me as an individual? Where can I go? In my, there's lots of things that you need to do. Yeah. And EOS takes a lot of that away or gives a lot of that to the employees by giving them a framework. This is how we're going to run our business. This is how we're yeah. going to communicate. Here's the cadence of our communication. It just takes a lot of those things and and, and simplifies it. Yeah, it makes yeah. it easy. Well, so I, for, I, big, well big proponent. I, I I think that's great. And and man, several things that that jumped out of me from from that story is first of all having mentors like uh, Brian and Steve. Uh, yep. I think is fantastic for anybody, whether you're a business owner or whether you're an individual contributor within a business. Having having mentors and coaches is vitally important. Uh, and for our listeners, if you're not familiar with EOS, a rock simplified it without going into the story is a quarterly goal. Yep. Um, and uh, you set those at the company level and then you cascade them through the, through, through the company. Now, Joel, you remember from our prep meeting, I warned yep. you that we are all about action here on status go. So what are one or two things our listeners should go do tomorrow because they listen to our conversation today? Well, I would say this. Lee Brower was my first coach, a strategic coach, and he, he was a huge advocate of getting in motion, be in motion. And if I think about what would be one thing I would want for the listeners to take away and to steal from Nike, go for it. Yeah. You get one yeah. life. You live with all your good decisions. Unfortunately, you got to live with all your bad decisions too, <laughs> but you still only get one life. And if anything, the last two to three years in this global pandemic has taught us, take it by the reins and go for it. Go so for I, it. I would say that there's no reason to look back at your life and regret something that, ah, I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have started that company. I wish I would have. 
quit my job and done this or applied for that promotion that I didn't, I would say have the courage to go for it, get in motion, and it's so much easier to tweak where you're going if you're already moving. And, and just get yourself in motion towards a direction that you want to go. And you know what? You're going to make changes along the way. But, but it's to get in motion and, and to really go for things. I mean, I, I just I, I can't encourage people enough. Young, old, doesn't matter what age you're at. You know, we just had our first employee retire. And I'm so excited for her that mm -hmm. she's retired. And it's not, oh, you get to stay home and do nothing. My question to her was, now what do you get to you do? do, do? What yeah. are you going to go do? Yeah. And, and so I would say... To your point, it, you know, it's it's action, it's motion, but just go for it. I love that. Get get started. Don't quit yep. quit waiting for something outside to happen to influence you. Uh, make it happen. Make yep. it happen. Yep. Joel, thank you so much for carving out time to talk to us today. Uh, I know you are in the midst of this celebration of of twenty five years and the planning that goes into that, and I appreciate your time and appreciate the conversation. Thank you very much, Jeff. I really appreciate it. To our listeners, if you have a question or want to learn more, visit intervision.com. The show notes will provide links and contact information. This is Jeff Tun for Joel Russell. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find InterVision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.